Hello and welcome to Impact Ed. My name is H.D. Chambers with Aleaf ISD and I want to welcome everyone to today's episode. Um, if you have been following uh, any of our conversations on Impact Ed, you know that we spend a lot of time talking about the Aleaf Independent School District, uh, the students obviously of our school district, and the staff of our school district. We also spend a lot of time talking about those in our communities who support our kids and our, our staff and our and our families. And today is going to be a specific conversation about something that's absolutely critical to the well-being of our, our, our students. And, uh, we, you know, we, we do spend a lot of time talking about academic performance, and we talk a lot about, you know, the social-emotional strains that students um, come to school with and how we address those. Sometimes we don't spend a lot of time talking about a, a more basic need, and that is simply having good quality food in the home for not only the students, but for the parents of these kids. And so today, I have three ladies here that are absolutely instrumental in a partnership between the Houston Food Bank and the Aleaf Independent School District. And I'm going to let each one of them introduce themselves in one second, and then we're going to kind of get into the to the conversation about why the need, how you know, how do we identify the need, what do we do about the need, and then the results of the of providing and trying to meet this basic need of providing a meaningful quality uh, meals and food to our to our family. So, with that, uh, I'm going to start with Dee Jones and and let her introduce herself and her role, uh, and then we'll uh, allow the Miss Nichols and then uh, Miss Loving will if you would introduce yourself and then we'll get started. Okay. So yes. welcome, welcome, all three of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Dee Jones. I'm the Business and Community Coordinator for Aleaf ISD. Good morning. I'm Deborah Nichols. I'm the Student Support Manager, Communities and Schools at Outley Elementary School. And we'll talk more about communities and schools as we yes. get into the conversation. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Angela Loving with the Houston Food Bank. I am the School Programs Coordinator. Ms. Jones will, will chime in in this conversation, but, but she's kind of the conduit between uh, the food bank and a whole lot of other partners that we have in this district. But for today's purposes, we'll talk about the, uh, the food bank. But she's the district's conduit. She's out there trying to provide who's meeting the needs and where are the needs that need to be met. And then the communities and schools, Ms. Nichols, I, while they're not a part of the Aleaf ISD formal staff, they are as a big a part of our team as, as, uh, as you can be. And so CIS, we refer to them as CIS a lot. But the communities and schools folks, I can't thank you enough for what you and your colleagues do across our district for the for meeting the needs of our kids. So we'll talk more about that later. But I'm going to start with you, Ms. Loving, and the food bank. And uh, if you don't mind, let's just, for those listening, talk a little bit about what the food bank is. And it sounds like it's a bank with food, right? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe talk about what it is, how it came into existence, and then what's the need out there that you guys are trying to meet? Not just an A-leaf, but put some perspective on what you what you and the Houston Food Bank is attempting to do every year. So the Houston Food Bank is trying to alleviate the food insecurity within the counties. So last year, we distributed over 104 million and nutritious meals to the 18 counties that we service. 104 million? 104 million. Mm. So with that being said, we also have 1,500 community partners that work with us in the 18 counties. We served um, with our Backpack Buddy program, our Kids Cafe, and school programs. We did 6.5 million meals. So that's amazing for what we are trying to do within the community. We also produced last year 4.2 million pounds of fresh produce, which that's awesome because, you know, we need the need for the food produce as well so that the kids can get nutritious meals as well. We did 14.2 million SNAP meals accessed. 
So with that being said, we processed a bunch of applications and stuff like that so that the families that are in need for the SNAP benefits can also get that. We did 1,262 nutrition ed classes last year as well. So we had our nutrition ed department would come out to the various schools and teach the families on how to cook nutritious meals on a budget. So they would do the grocery store shops with them. They'd give them, you know, let's say a card for about $20 or something they could shop on, and they would show them how they could um, produce those meals on such a limited budget Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because we know that there's a lot of families out there where they have to choose between paying rent or getting food for their families, and a lot of them have to do, you know, the necessities like the lights and stuff like that. So that's where the Houston Food Bank comes in. We partner a lot with A-Leaf ISD. We've just on Wednesday, we came out to one of your elementary schools and we were able to serve 477 families. That includes the staff and the families in that school. They got meat, vegetables, canned goods, and pretty much that's what we're out there trying to do is to help the community. So just take that number, 104 million Nutritious meals. Meals. Mm. And I'm going to assume that part of the food bank's goal is to make sure when you say nutritious, that you, you, we want to qualify that because there is an attempt to educate families. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, this, this idea of educating families on how to, like, how to buy the right groceries, right? Correct. So, I mean, a lot of families are working families. Some of them are not working families. And it's so easy just to stop at the grocery store and buy, like, ramen noodles, you know, quick fix meals and stuff like that. We want to try to alleviate that so that they go to the grocery store. Instead of buying the unhealthy foods, we want to show them how to buy the healthy foods. So if you've ever seen one of our school market distributions, it's all healthy food. We don't have any chips or juices or, you know, snacks and stuff like that on the trucks because we know that the kids need to eat healthy in order to stay awake in class, just be, you know, Mm -hmm. better health, you know, so we can cut down on the obesity, cut down on just the unhealthiness that a lot of kids do because it's just so easy that if your parents both work, you're in a single family home, you want to be able to go get grapes or apples or, you know, eat something like that instead of doing the quick meals. Mm -hmm. So that's why we always stick with the healthy meals instead of the non-healthy items. Deborah, you, you see that, right? Yes, which mm-hmm. I was about to say, it helps to eliminate the illnesses that the students suffer as well, right. because many of them, when they're unhealthy eaters, then their body is susceptible to a lot of colds and the flu and all kinds of things. So if they have that, and it, it affects them in the classroom, because if they come to school and have not eaten, or if they've eaten the wrong thing, like they like to do the Takis and all that kind of thing, we notice that they shut down and Mm -hmm. are not able to participate in classroom. Well, I think as adults, we we know when we Mm -hmm. we eat something we shouldn't have or we eat too much of something, the the kind of mood it puts us in. Yes, exactly. Whether it leads to an illness or not, it puts Mm -hmm. in a certain type of mood. It gets us tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm productive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Eating pasta for lunch is probably the worst idea in the world. Exactly. You know? yes. <laughs> the food bank. I'd like to talk a little bit about the genesis of the food bank. You know, how do you get how do you get your food? I mean, so people out there listening to this understand who may not either be aware of it or would like to participate. Talk about that a little bit. Then I want to get into the conversation about children and and a leaf and how we're working together. 
So um, we work closely with um, partners. So like with HEB, Kroger's, we do do a lot of, um, they do donate a lot of stuff to us. We do resource out and get other independent donations as well. We do have to purchase some of our items. So we do have a procurement team that goes out and puts bids out. Um, We do get food from USDA, TFAP food and stuff like that. So a lot of our food, yes, is donated, but some of it is as well purchased. Now, as everybody knows, we had the ammonia leak. Right. So we lost almost 2 million pounds of food just in one night. So it's amazing how the community steps up to help. And I think a lot of people just think that the Houston Food Bank is just a resource place for food, but we also have other resources. So we have our SNAP benefits. We have food for chain. We have, you know, of course, the school programs. We have our teacher's aid program. So we have other stuff than just food coming out to the community to help them. Do you talk a little bit about some of the, the schools and the, the areas in which you're tra- when you go out and you seek support from like the food bank, what are, what are you seeing across our district in terms of the need um, and the reaction that the food bank typically has. You mentioned just last night they, based on a phone call, they served 280 or 300 families. I mean, so talk about that from your perspective because you're actually engaged and involved across this district. Uh, as Angela stated, we have uh, a lot of single home uh, families uh, that the mother's working two and three jobs. They are trying to pay their rent. Um, I, I visit the schools, uh, listen to what they are requesting, and then I notified the partners, which is Food Bank is wonderful. We have the Backpack Buddy program. We have Brighter Bites. We have Teacher Aid program. And we have the Houston Mobile Market. And we also have the Brick and Mortar. Uh, the Brick and Mortar is a new program that started this year. And we serve 500 families a month. The, uh, they deliver food there. The Food Bank donated the freezers. They donated all of the shelving to put the foods on. And so we have teachers and also students running that brick-and-mortar program, which is a great resource for students learning how to work in the community, how to give back. Uh, For the mobile market, um, we had a food giveaway scheduled on last evening, Thursday, and one of the sponsors uh, said, oh, we we can't provide the food. Uh, So the wonderful partners that uh, Houston Food Bank, as I call Angela, and a week and a half ago, they brought the mobile unit out, and we served 280 families last night, and it was just wonderful. We had um, the pulled pork. We had beef patties, uh, lentils, rice, oranges, applesauce. We had the gabonzo beans, so they took a basket full of food home, and we appreciate the Houston Food Bank so very much. The Backpack Buddy Program is a weekly program where the students take a backpack full of food home, nutritious food home, over the weekend so they can have food over the weekend besides the school district providing food for them Monday through Friday. So they also need food on the weekend, so we do that. Brighter Bites program um, is run through the different schools, and they provide fresh vegetables and fruits, and that's also nutritious mm-hmm. for the students. Uh, Teachers Aid program is open to any teacher in the school district, and the mobile unit comes out twice a year, fall and spring, to provide school supplies and resources for teachers. And also the teachers can go out on Saturdays and shop in the store on the food bank site. So we have a lot of different programs run through the food bank, not only just food, but also resources for our staff, and I am so appreciative of them. Ms. Nichols, you, I mean, you've worked in A-Leaf for three years, and you yes, worked sir. in Houston ISD in, in a similar capacity. Yes, I did. Paint a picture, if you will, for those that are listening to this, 
about what you see in working with these families, not only in their their need for nutritious food, but just in their basic needs to, I don't want to be overly dramatic here, but to, but survival in some cases, to, to not only pay bills, but to provide for their their families. Is the need as great as what we think it is? I think that the need is greater than what we actually see because some parents are able to make it and don't really express to us a need, but we see the need. Many of them have kind of developed their own uh, guarding that they don't want a lot of people to know, and but we actually see it. Because kind of proud pride. The, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Once you start talking with them and you develop a relationship with our families, we see and they are, they trust you and know that the services that you can provide for them, you have confidentiality and that you don't spread their information around and then you are able to work with them and you see a difference. They kind of let the guard down and you can offer services to them. Talk about the impact to students What in terms of what you see every day with students. You mentioned earlier just illness prevention and yes. things of that nature. Talk about just day-to-day showing up to school, going to class, you know, that type of... One of the things that our students really need is to know that someone cares. Once once they come onto the campus and they see that we're there and we're consistent with them and we set up a specific time to maybe to meet with them or just to, hello, how are you? How was your day? I see you're not smiling today. What's going on? Talk to me. Let me know. And many of them will say, I didn't eat last night. I'll say, okay, well, come with me. I have food in my office that I can share with you. And then you talk to the parent and get them signed up for Backpack Buddy or get them signed up for Brighter Bites. And the families are so excited. I'm really excited about the Brighter Bites program because the parents come in and they have to help sort the food. And then they they get to take the bags uh, produce with them. And they come and they it's a networking with the families as well. They uh, share recipes, and some of them we get, uh, we're introduced to uh, produce that maybe we've not seen before. Right. And they say, Well, what do I do with this? And there's someone, Oh, I know how to cook that. And so they develop their own little network, and that helps as well. They share about resources in the community. And I'm in there, and I said, Okay, well, tell me about that. So it helps my resources as well. It's a community that they've developed, and uh, this. Along with the Brighter Bites program, if I can talk about that right now, uh, the Brighter Bites program, they bring the fresh fruit and vegetables. Part of it is a curriculum where the teachers get the bag and they teach the students about the produce that they've seen that day. And it's interesting because the lower level uh, grades, maybe kinder, they may do a tactile Mm -hmm. lesson, touching Mm -hmm. the fruit just to see it and talking about what it is. And so everybody's learning, not just the students, the teachers as well, the staff. And it's a, like I said, it's a community. You think about the diversity in our district and the the various cultures that that are represented in Mm A-Leaf. And just, you know, as you're sitting there talking about a kindergartner touching a banana yeah. or touching an orange or touching yes. an apple, mm-hmm. we sometimes take for granted, talk about that. I mean, this this idea of various cultures who bring different perspectives and knowledge mm-hmm. and background on food, does that become a barrier 
is there something that that we have to in terms of the education of parents and kids? You know, some people have never seen squash before. Exactly, and that's what we noticed. Yeah, especially there was the squash I can't remember that starts with the C H, and there were people there who taught. Kush. No, Kush. no. I've had that too, <laughs> uh-huh. but no, uh, I, I can't I remember. And th- but then we had cactus. Yeah. What do What do I do with this? You know. Yeah, I wouldn't and know so, what to do yes, with it. And so yes, so they were telling us how to use the the potato peeler and really? boil it and and yes, telling us what. So that was it was educational because I've never seen some of these things before. Our children had not. Yeah, I've so, never eaten cactus. No, no. but we they were actually. able to share recipes. And we do have a diverse community that comes in, mm-hmm. and that's, they share. Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Your donors to, at the food bank, I mean, you mentioned H-E-B and Kroger. Well, well, we're not here to give them shameless <laughs> plugs, but I guess we will. Has that been a longstanding partnership with the food bank? I mean, it yes. stands to reason, right? Yes. They're, they, they acknowledge the need mm-hmm. in the community. Yes, it has been. The community itself, I'd, I'd ask Deborah about, does she see the need growing with our students? Talk about the, the just the, the region. A lot, a lot of people feel good about themselves when they donate something for Thanksgiving or Christmas, right? Right. But there's another 50 weeks out of the year that people are in need of. You know, kind of talk about that and the donors and how that partnership continues to grow. It grows on a daily basis. We do have to always think about our rural areas. I think sometimes we forget about the Trinities and your Hempsteads and stuff like that because Houston is so big, but we always have to think about our rules. So I know we try to work closely with them so that they're not forgotten because they're like our teens. Our teens are always forgotten in the high schools and middle schools. So our rules are kind of like our forgotten areas. So we try to reach out to them and try to reach out to the community around them for help with them, let them know about pantries in their area and stuff like that. The thing is, is that a lot of people are prideful. So it's tough to, you know, go out there. We'll bring the truck out, but it's getting them to come to the truck to trust that, you know, we're there for a good reason. And... A lot of people think, you know, like when we bring out our food trucks, we do have to do a link to feed survey and stuff like that. And that's basically just getting input so that we can keep the programs running. But we don't we have to gain the trust of the families so that they don't think that we're going to share their information because, you know, we have a lot of people that are undocumented, a lot of people that are on government benefits and stuff like that. So we need to make sure that they know that we do not share that information with them or with others. And once we get that trust built you see more and more people coming out to them. And that's the best part about it. And that's what's so rewarding is that we take a lot of things for granted. And I say we as in me. Mm-hmm. Um, just little things like toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. Last year we were giving out turkeys and there were some children and families that never seen a turkey and they were so happy about it that they were crying. And it's just like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a turkey mm-hmm. to us. So mm-hmm. I enjoy working for the food bank for that reason. And I enjoy mm-hmm. going out to the community to see what we can do to help that. One of the other things that we work with the food bank on, you talked about other than food, is that we have the opportunity to get underwear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing program. Is that not? Just a basic need 
of that and just to see because it it is more than just food mm-hmm. it is clothing right. it's also when you're talking about getting their vision and all of that checked and and we get the toothbrushes yes from you uh, it helps it just builds up the esteem mm-hmm. of the students yes yes because if the students don't have those tools they're not going to succeed exactly. and then what have we done as a society exactly. we're just failing the students mm-hmm. i know the teachers come out a lot to our teachers aid center and teachers are amazing, and I could not imagine being with 30 students every day because I just don't have that patience. <laughs> but it's just amazing on what they do and the excitement they get from just, you know, helping out their students. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of families that are unable to get the students the supplies that they need or the food as well. But if you can come to school and know that you have that, it's so rewarding for them. I know we're talking about the food bank, and and that's a you know one of the hierarchy of needs. That's one of the first needs is, mm-hmm. is food, right? Exactly. Right. Deborah, you bring up a point that's true with not just with Aleaf, but a lot uh, but a lot of your urban and your rural areas that sometimes doesn't get talked about enough, and that's other basic needs. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this and they're going to say, you know, I never in a million years thought a school would be responsible or would take the responsibility of providing underwear yes. for a child, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Those are things that come to the schoolhouse steps. Mm-hmm. Yes, I talk about there's a book that was written several years ago by a gentleman. He takes the decades since public education was written into the United States, into our society back in the late 1700s after the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution was written. But he takes every decade up until the 2010s and he identifies all the layers of responsibility that's been placed on the public education system. Mm-hmm. And it used to be we taught kids how to read, write, and add, subtract, right? That was what we did. That's it. Well, today we're providing food for them and their families, and not just through lunch or breakfast, but it's actually what the food bank is doing, and are providing underwear or mm-hmm. providing toothbrushes. Or I'm curious. Uh, I didn't prepare y'all for this part of the conversation, but I am curious about in the the role that you play, not just in your organization or your school, but the role that you play in general. Is that need to meet some of these basic needs getting greater? In other words, is it expanding, or do we think by us helping families? In the aggregate, all these families were attempting to help through food and other services. Is that giving them enough of a leg up to potentially help themselves at some point to where they can be the person who's helping someone else in need? There's a whole lot of work being done, a lot of work by folks just like you. There's no quantifiable way to measure this, but other than observation, do you have an opinion one way as to is that the impact that it's having, not only for that one meal, which is critical, but does it have a longer lasting impact that you have seen in your, in your role? I have seen uh, families give back. I have seen families who came to us without anything, and then they were able to get some things to get themselves on, you know, their basic needs right, met. Right. But then after they felt comfortable that they had gotten the resources that they needed, then they started giving back. I've had families to come back and want to sponsor other families or they want to donate food to Mm -hmm. other families because they said, you helped me, and now I want to help someone else. I have seen that. And I guess that's what I was Mm -hmm. getting at. That's the sweet spot, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you're meeting an immediate need, but you're also planting this proverbial seed to give back. That's, uh, I think that's, I don't know if it's as important as feeding a needy, hungry child, but it is important in terms of the long-term sustainability of an organization or society. You mentioned earlier, Ms. Loving, about those who donate and support. 
are y'all finding that folks are more willing to give and donate? I'm not talking about Kroger's and HEB, the big corporations. Individuals. But individuals. I'm just curious as to your marketing and your public relations type. Where yes. Is, is, do you still find the community giving? And Yes, they do. The community is very giving, um, especially the Houston community. I know that they reach out to other areas and stuff like that. We have a whole development and communications team that work on all that and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I know they're sending out donation information. And we're receiving, of course, checks coming in as well for the need of the families and stuff like that. And just on the families, I've had a lot of families at the markets that aren't able to, they're not at that place yet where they can help other families. But I've seen them at the Houston Food Bank just volunteering. So even little things like that, they're not able to financially help you, but they're still able to come out and volunteer as well because they feel like they're giving back because we were able to give to them. So that's amazing because they've come up to me a couple times and, you know, mentioned, hey, I saw you at the market and you told us. And, I mean, I just want to always say that we always appreciate everything that the community does for the Houston Food Bank. And they, they give what they can. Exactly. And they give their time, which There's, is very important. Exactly. So, yes, yes. They'll bring their little kids out and everything. There's, yeah. you know, as young as six years old can uh-huh. come to the food bank or to teacher's aid to volunteer. And they'll be out there and the little kids like to just, you know help out. And we have a lot of schools that come in from A-Leaf that do a lot of volunteering as well. And I feel like that's better than giving, my, um, you know, the money-wise. Yeah, that's They're just, it. you know, yeah. giving their time. It's easy to write a check. Well, I should say it's easy. Right. But it's easier to, if you have the means, to write a check. Right. But if you have the time, you can always come out and just, you know, volunteer. Well, that's good to hear. And the reason I bring it up is because there are a, a lot of people that do just write the check. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously needed. Wonderful, <laughs> yes. We don't yes. want to stop that. No, we don't want to stop that. But in some cases, people that do donate and make contributions to things like this, it's nice for them to hear about the people that they're actually helping getting more out of it than just the specific need that you're attempting yes. to meet. Yes. And uh, I mean, you're all shaking your heads. I, we're, we're all, that's what we're all trying to do. <laughs> right, yes. yes. Make them feel a part of our community and. And yes, yeah, sometimes we all need a helping hand, and sometimes we need to be the person given the helping hand, and we can mm-hmm. all all play that role. One thing I find unique also is that uh, they also donate diapers. Yes, uh, people don't realize that you know families have babies. Diapers are very expensive. Uh, they donate diapers and also baby food. Uh, I've had them bring pallets of food and diapers, uh, and so we are open to receive any donations they give because we can use all of it. So yes. There's a metric that's that we use in our district. We call it risk loads, R-I-S-K loads. Mm-hmm. It's a, a laundry list of factors that you can apply to any given school. Things like single parent, child comes from a single parent. Child has lived in three different apartment complexes in the last year. Things like that, all the way to they've had three different teachers since kindergarten and they're now in the third grade. So so all these things that we don't we don't talk about that often societal, but we in in the education business we talk about a lot. You know, one of the things that I was told several years ago when we were introducing these risk loads by someone who had been doing it for a while, they said a lot of educators, and this is specific to education, a lot of educators would look at these risk loads and draw some conclusions about, well, all of these factors are stacked up against the child. So here's what we need to do academically or socially or emotionally to help them. And they found in many cases, in, in some cases, it wasn't all this academia-type support or even social-emotional support. It was a washing machine and a dryer to wash clothes. And so some schools actually 
we have put washing machines and dryers in schools. And then you start noticing attendance is better. When attendance is better, they come there in class more. And I'll, you know, you can just kind of see the th- that part of it, I think, gets lost in the conversation of educating kids. Just like feeding them, teaching them to try broccoli, you know, <laughs> which I would have, if I was six years old, I'd have been fighting it too. But anyway, this this idea of of us thinking in some cases not nearly basic enough about how to help students. And so I want to thank you guys for what you have done to to help create that that awareness for educators. I'm, I'm serious. We we come to work every day just worried about teaching the teaks and preparing kids to graduate high school. There's a whole lot more that goes into that, yes, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Take it from someone who knows, huh? Yes. We just had an incident yesterday of a student who, he comes to school, but he was so shabbily dressed and clothes were just needed to be washed. And so we talked about that. Mm-hmm. What do we do? So, you know, we do what we do. That's right. Okay. Do what you need to do. So we found him some cleaner clothes, and then we took them and washed them. Yeah. And even if you live and work in some in communities where that's not a problem. Mm-mm. That is not a problem. In A-Leaf, that's a problem. Yes. That's an issue we have to deal with. Yes. Uh, you know, I talk about, you know, people that pay their taxes and, and they have their own opinions of the education system, not just ours, but just in general. And you start talking about these types of needs, mm-hmm. and they, they're just, like, blown away. They go, we They're in awe. They're in awe. They are. Because mm-hmm. we don't think of things like that. No. We no, really don't. No, no. Like I said, I, I We have our blinders on, I think. We have blinders on. Unless you start working with them. Yes. Then your blinders come off. Because, like I you know, said before, mm-hmm. I've worked for the food bank for about seven years now. And when I came to the food bank, it was eye-opening. And I've really learned that... We do, as a society, take a lot for granted, and we need to stop. <laughs> well, at this time of the year, it just sometimes gets on people's minds because it's the, it's easy to talk about during yeah. holidays. It's in the media. The Houston Food Bank will be all over the media, right? We're all the media. <laughs> you will. You will. You'll be all over yeah. it by what you guys are doing, people feeling good about themselves by donating that one time right. a year, twice a year. But you don't have to look any further than your schools to realize that, like I said earlier, it's more than a two-time-a-year. Exactly. It's a 365-day-a-year process, mm-hmm. if you will. But I can say that I feel that A-Leaf ISD staff really support our students and families. I've visited other school districts, and I mentioned what we're doing. Wow, I can't believe you guys are doing that. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. They want to come and visit. So I do know that uh, we are doing the right thing. Uh, we, we are supporting the students, supporting the families, and making sure they're successful. I just appreciate all the partners that provide that service. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to get them out of high school with something meaningful to do, ready for college, college. career, military. We talk about it all the time. But you don't do it if they're hungry. No, exactly. Right? right. You don't do it if they're sick. Mm-hmm. Correct. You don't do it if they feel embarrassed to wear the clothes that they... Exactly. You, you don't... There's a, and I can go on and on and mm-hmm. on. So, yeah, on behalf of the board and, and our community uh, and myself, obviously, I'm extremely grateful for, like, the food bank and everything you guys do for us. And for people like you, Ms. Nichols, uh, in communities and schools, it goes without saying, y'all's reputation is stellar in what you guys deliver. And then around A-Leaf D's uh, institution with her persistency and her caring and her 
<laughs> she's not willing to accept no, right? She's not. <laughs> she calls all the time. Yeah. We will answer anybody's calls yeah. from any school or anything. We are definitely there to help. And I think people that are listening to this, while I hope they take away a little bit about the the district and the food bank and all the things that are going on, school systems need to have people like Deborah Nichols and Angela Loving and, and Dee Jones. There, there needs to be someone championing these kids, for these, fighting for these kids. Uh, we have plenty of paid professionals teaching them. We just have people fighting for them in other areas. Like I said, I am grateful for, for you guys and thankful for what y'all's role is and don't think Dee won't stop calling you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity, actually. Thank you, Deborah, so much. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that we have not discussed that that, uh, that you think is that, that we need to cover or talk about? Dee, is there anything that we've missed or... I don't think so. Um, we have a, a scheduled mobile unit coming out for teachers' aid yes, in December for our staff. So we always have it going on right. daily. And for that one, all the teachers in Ailey ISD are invited out to it. So, so what is it? Where is it? And when is it? Do we know off the top? It's at the administration head? building, okay. um, and it's the uh, mobile teacher aid semi truck full of supplies for teachers uh, that any teacher can come and pick up whatever they need. And uh, we're we're ready. In the parking lot. Park a lot. Yes, and they'll see the teachers lined up. Right. Yeah, we, I, I drove up I, last time y'all did it. I drove in the parking lot and I said, "What eighteen wheeler had just parked in our parking lot?" Yes, giving away furniture. I didn't know what it was, yes. but uh, and communities in school—they are fantastic. I can call them anytime, and uh, they're there for our students. That's concerned. We we work together and and we make it happen. Yes, we need two or three CIS people at yes. every school. Yes, we can. most definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you again, ladies. I do appreciate yeah. it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation, and, yeah. and yes. uh, it wasn't as bad as maybe you were thinking it would be. No, not too bad. <laughs> All right. So, if you have any questions, uh, if anyone listening to this, if you have any questions about how we've in our school system developed these partnerships, uh, please go to our website at aleafisd.net and follow the links. There's opportunities for everyone to get involved in our school system. So, with that, thank you. This has been Impact Ed. I'm HD Chambers. Thank you for joining us, and uh, have a great day. This has been an AMP production.